Welcome to Rat Salad Review. Today we are doing Halloween, the Legacy Keepers of the Seven Keys, the Legacy. Oh my God! How many more albums do we have left? No, four. Is it four or five? I don't know. Well, there's a, there's I think five if you include the new one. I, th- I think it's four. I can't remember. Now. I'm trying to look at it right now, and I can't tell. I don't know, but there's uh, quite a few. I'm getting tired, but we'll get to the end of this. Uh, this album, I was very intrigued to hear. One, because they finally got a new drummer. His name was Danny Lobel. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he was from a band. Today. He's still in the band today. Yes, he is. Uh, and actually, on the new album, he got to use Inko's old drum set to record the whole new album. Really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's still in the band today and Sasha's still in the band as well. And so is everybody else. So when they said that they were going to come out with an album and they were going to do a keepers part three, I was, you know, excited to hear that. But when I finally got the album, kind of a little disappointed. We'll get into that. (laughs) All right. So you, uh, you had a much lighter reaction to it than I did. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, well, I was so excited to hear they were doing a Keepers Part 3 and this came out and I hated every single second of it. This oh, is the first time I've listened to it since then. Oh my god, no, I don't think it's that bad. But I, you know what it is? I hate when they go back, like like when uh, King Diamond went back and did Abigail 2. I mean, I like Abigail 2, but there's no reason That's to another one I hate. It's and and it's the same thing with that. It's Halloween trying to sound like Halloween and King Diamond trying to sound like King Diamond. It's not right. fucking organic, you know. They're they're not saying, "Hey, we're gonna write newer songs," kind of in this vein, but get some elements and the energy from our old days into it. No, we're gonna sit down and consciously try to sound like this, and it just right, doesn't work for me. That's exactly how I feel about this album because the first two Keeper albums. Uh, even though it's they say it's a concept album, it really isn't a concept album. They're just songs. No. Yeah. You know, it's just an album, and it just happens to be called Keeper of the Seven Keys. Has nothing. The only, the only thing that has anything to do with Keeper of the Seven Keys is the actual song Keeper of the Seven Keys. This album, they actually made a goddamn concept, and I, it works, but I, it, it's not needed, you know? And, and I still don't really know what the hell the damn concept is of this whole thing. It's easier to figure out music from the elder. <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, the right, the right the, order. I mean, th- this story is contrived. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really strange. But uh, saying that, there are two, at least two, of my favorite Halloween songs. Out of the really? Yeah, yeah. Out of the whole discography, huh? No shit. Yeah. And these aren't my favorite ones, but they are. They are in the top favorite songs of uh, yeah the Halloween discography to me. And one of them is the first track, "The King for a Thousand Years." I really like that song a lot. I love the intro. I was talking to Lou about this uh, earlier. The intro with that girl that's like singing along with the the melody and everything. That's really not a girl. I believe it's not a girl. I I remember reading some article about them recording this album. And then uh, Andy Deere started getting into all these uh, computerized programs and all this stuff. And uh, it's actually a computer doing all that singing. Hmm. 
Would that be like Neat. a Vocaloid? I guess so. And if I'm wrong, please put that in the comments. Tell me I'm wrong and I'm an idiot. But I swear I remember that because there's things I remember reading and I they, they weren't true. So that happens too. But I swear that's that's a true story. And that, that and that's Ooh. actually also too from this album on, they use a lot of that shit on every album. All the computerized extra noises and sounds and everything. And I, I think after this album, it really got to be too much. And it's, even to today, like the new stuff, it's, it's too much stuff going on. I I noticed on the albums from, well, really starting with Master of the Rings, but especially on Time of the Oath and moving up further to just the point we're at with Legacy, mm. you really notice things like vocal effects and just studio enhancements. They start using them way more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. And yeah. then one thing I got with Charlie uh, Baufiend and everything, it just got out of hand. And I, I think the way he mixes albums to it, sometimes they just don't blend in correctly. Did, did, with, with some of the effects they're using and the way he mixes it, and th- this is one of my big problems with the production, it doesn't really fit with it. It kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm. And I feel like there's a way it could be mixed where it would flow better, but it just doesn't yeah, sound just... good a lot of the time to me. And it's disappointing because a lot of the other parts of the song will be good, but something like that can just ruin it. Yeah, but anyway, King for a Thousand Years. I really I like that song a lot, and I even like that spoken intro thing that the guy is doing too, as well, to lead the song off. And um, a lot of really cool progressive changes in this song, a lot of stuff going on in this song. Um, the chorus is really cool, very catchy. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's one of my top favorite songs. It, it It's just as much up there as the actual Keeper of the Seven Keys song or even a Halloween song. I think it, it flows very well with those two. And Greg, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Wow. Really? You don't think Because yet yes, it sounds like that, but it, it sounds like what it is. It's a carbon copy of song. Right. Like I, the, I understand the, where you're coming the, from. The, the, this doesn't have the fire. It just sounds like them miming to their old records, basically. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I understand. But it's I think it's cool. It's an updated version, you know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Lou! Probably wanted to colorize Citizen Kane, too, you monster. <laughs> Turner recorded this album, okay? <laughs> Thank you for getting that, Will. <laughs> um, um, just uh, full disclosure, um, everything Greg says, whether I agree with him or not, it's his opinion and I respect him for it, and I would never knock it. But um, but he's wrong here. <laughs> I'm not gonna say he's wrong or right. I'm just gonna say that's Everybody how he feels. I honor that. But exactly, it's... I love this song. I think it was a great song. And yes, it's Halloween, sort of revisiting their glory years. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it because I thought it was a well crafted song, well performed, well produced, well written. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's a cool one. But when we get to Invisible Man. I can take that song and just throw it away. I don't like that song. It does nothing for me. And just even the the the, the, um, the title of the song in the chorus, I just I hate it. I don't like it. Hmm. Thought they were going too much for the '80s sound with this one. So yeah, it just it just doesn't work. I don't know. Maybe if it was placed in a, in a different spot on the album, it might, might have worked better. But coming after you know that 13 minute song of just like craziness, it just I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, I will say they did start it off with the strongest track because after that, it's all 
completely Damn. into the side of the mountain for me. It kind of, it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I will give them that with the first song. It does have different interesting parts like the solos and all that. It just doesn't come together for me. For I, I wouldn't put it anywhere near as high as you guys did. But this next one, I don't know. It sounds like it should work, but it just doesn't. Mm. It's almost actually almost in a way like that's the second song off of Keepers 2, uh, Always Walk Alone, where it's kind of like disjointed a little bit. That's kind of how this song is in a way. You know? Yeah. Because that was like the least. Except it works on Always Walk Alone. I say I don't like that song. Let yeah, me ask like... you guys a question, though. If any of these songs were written and, and performed and recorded around the times of uh, Keepers 1 and 2, do you think they would have fit better, or do you think that it would have made the album worse? Like, are we do we feel this way because it was released in two thousand five, and that's you know, uh, not you know, seventeen and sixteen years after the first two? To be honest with you, there, yeah. I would really have to do a lot more intensive listening to this and do kind of like a track by track type thing. Because you're right, a lot of my opinion on this one comes out of the fact that Keepers 1 and 2 do exist. And this is almost like, well, not almost, it is a carbon copy of most of that shit that I feel doesn't really work, but has interesting elements. But if I actually sat down fresh with it and said, oh, let me listen to this batch of songs first and then this, my opinion could be different, but... I can't tell you until I actually do that. Yeah. I, I just think some of the songs just don't work. I, I don't think they're a lot of them aren't really catchy. There's mm-hmm. too much too much stuff going on in some of them. I just don't don't think they would work in the eighties period of Halloween, you know. They were a little bit more simpler back then. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's true. This does have a lot more of a progressive bent to it. Yeah. Uh Born on Judgment Day. Uh this one kind of picks it up a little bit more for me. But uh, still, again, I'm just not uh, I'm not feeling this song too much. Co- Chorus is, you know, again, it's it's, it's decent, but uh, yeah, nothing really doesn't for me. Lou, I enjoyed it. Um, that's all I could really say about it. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's easy to talk about the shitty songs. Uh, Greg, yeah, I don't yeah, care for okay. it. Yeah. Uh, Pleasure Drone, another one. I hate this song. I don't want to hear that song ever again. I don't like it. See, I enjoyed it. I, I, I know you. A lot I, of people do. A lot of people do. What did you, let let yeah, you say? When, let me just say when, this. This is a better sequel to an album from the 80s than Mind Crime 2 was. I, yeah, of course. Yeah, that wasn't too good. That was a terrible sound. Even album. Dio couldn't even save that album. Yeah, very disappointing. Uh, Minecraft too was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I I don't really think any sequel albums have come off good that have been done years and years later. No, you you can't get that same magic, I guess that you know you had back then. Uh, anything for Pleasure Dome? A drone, Greg? Oh yeah, I hated this song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it 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 doesn't work. I hear what they were trying to do with it, but it just doesn't come together in a meaningful way, I don't feel like. Yeah, well, what do you like about this song, though, that made you like it? Um, I just thought that the the melodies were good. I mean, again, I'm always a sucker for melody, so 
I get it. Uh, Mrs. God, a very strange, uh, very short song. And I actually like this one. This was the first single. And uh, I actually had this as my ringtone on my phone for a while because I thought it was funny. It was silly, it's funny, and they got that little cow noise in the middle of the song. Uh, so I, I thought it was weird, but it's, it's a cool, decent little ditty. I don't mind this song. What about you, Greg? It'd be a nice joke B-side, but I don't think it belonged on the album. So, uh, well, yeah. I, I guess because it, it, this one is more of a concept, maybe it fits in in some meaningful way. But I don't know what it is. but Kind of uh, just came out of nowhere and is a little bizarre. Yeah. Lou? Uh, you guys are going to think I'm crazy for saying this. I could have pictured this on Keepers 1. Can I buy some PCP from you? <laughs> are you sure? You really aren't uh, sniffing the cocaine. Uh, if it is, it's really bad stuff. Carbona, <laughs> not glue. Uh, it's DDT and the cocaine that he's got over there. Uh, glue stick, yeah. hold on. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I'm I don't trying like to hide it. his glue real quick. <laughs> hold on, here we go. Hand sanitizer. Uh. <laughs> Ooh. I wonder what that would feel like up your nose. No, I didn't even open it. Relax. Take it easy. No, I know. I know. Because earlier today, because uh, we got a pool now, and I went to go get some chlorine, you know, and I opened up the bag, and I went to go close it, and then the, the vapors came up and hit me right in the face and went right up my nose. I was like, holy shit. That's why he hasn't stopped smiling this entire episode. That shit will knock you down. D- dude, yeah, cl- chlorine's nothing of fuck around no with. i <laughs> no dude, the one workshop i was working in one time um you know it's funny because people don't think shit like the spontaneous explosions and combustions oh, happen right. but they, they they really do especially with chemicals like that when they get so high but gave me a whole new perspective on shit you see about war and stuff on tv because you know you hear about chemical gas bombs and you really don't think about it but when that shit explodes in a small place like that, it really does just rob you of your air and is instantly like, don't breathe. It's a horrible feeling. And yeah. I actually had that happen to me and they had to drag us out of the shed. It was pretty nasty. That is just one of the things I find horrifying. Not that that has anything to do with Halloween, but <laughs> no. that, that's a memory that's well, stuck. Maybe in this context it does. <laughs> Well, if it uh, maybe it would have helped if there was a silent rain and maybe would have uh, held down some of those vapors. You, you're not good at that, Wayne. It's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I give you an A for effort. <laughs> I'll be uh, nice. B minus. Oh God. I could uh, I, I could just sit here the whole time and be like Timmy, 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 Timmy. It would make sense for most of this album. Uh, silent rain. This song I don't mind. I, I like this one. It's okay. It's it's a uh, uh, finally a, a typical Halloween song that uh, you know fits on the album for me. What about you, Lou? Good closer. Good closer to uh, disc one. Yeah, Greg. It's okay. Uh, and that's the other thing too, yeah. uh, it, Lou. You said it was a, a double disc album. They only did that to make it feel like it's two albums because they want to keep it one and two to be a double album, and they didn't get that. So they figured they would do that with this one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a stupid idea. Fits it is one, stupid. Fits on one disc. Dumb. Uh, yeah, because it drove me nuts. Back when I got it, I'd have to switch the damn CD, you know? Waste of plastic. Yes. I'm calling the fucking then, Earth Day hippies. 
maybe that was the... SP, maybe that was SPV's idea to try to yeah. uh, wring more money out of the fans. Right, exactly. That's that's all it was. Which mm-hmm. is why they think they went belly that's up. Yep. Um, but again, another favorite song of Halloween is right here, Occasion Avenue. I really yes. like this song a lot. Uh, it's it's actually better than King for a Thousand Years. What do you hmm. think? Those are my two favorite songs on the album. So, but uh, this I say is number one on the album yeah. for me. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on in that song. And uh, again, I like the, the little intro with the guy on the radio or the TV, whatever he's on, and uh, just telling his little story there. And uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on in this song. I like it a lot. What about you, Greg? I like parts of it. It's another one of the ones where I kind of hear what they were going for, and I think it's okay. This isn't one of the ones I dislike. This is one of the ones I actually kind of like on here, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's just, it's just another one of the ones where it's just yeah, I hear what they're going for, but it's just kind of okay. It doesn't quite have that fire. Yeah, no, I feel you. But I like the chorus on this too. Cool. Uh, yeah. I like the. I mean, like the, they're, they're, they're good songs. They would both be a lot of fun again to see them play live. I, I oh, yeah, they did. totally they did see it working live. in that setting and I would love it on a live album. I just don't find, you know, it probably would have been better if I went into listening to this again without reading a bunch of the stuff about it and the reviews and whatnot, but just the way people are de- describing it when I ended up listening to it, again, I was like, Oh, I was right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Light the Universe featuring Candace Knight uh, from Blackmore. Actually, Blackmore. Mrs. Blackmore. Mrs. Blackmore. Um, I like this song. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like, um, uh, what's that song um, from Keepers Two? Uh, I want not. I want out. Oh my God! It's getting late. Um, not a tale that wasn't right. What's the other one? I want. I, I got the right. I got the right. Oh yeah. Kind of similar to that song. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? Great, I'm glad you did. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Uh, they actually had two different Isn't versions. That, right? that, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I feel bad for the, the fans, honestly, because, I mean, Halloween is a quality band. And even though I'm not crazy about these, there is quality stuff in some of the songs. It just it doesn't excite me the way. It doesn't. And that's why you I know, think they should have done. Other material did, and I ha- I have a hard time being super enthusiastic about it because of it. But sorry, right. Wayne, you were saying. And, uh, yeah, and I, I think they they should not have called this Keepers Three because you expect it to go along with that. You know, they tried way too hard. Way too hard. They, sh- they should have just continued with their progression where they were going naturally. Because I think if they spent more time building on the ideas they were coming up with on rabbit they could have made a much stronger <laughs> on, album on what rabbit rabbit yeah <laughs> gives a fuck <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh, you rascally rabbit you but i just i i think they could have made a stronger more focused album that way yeah. rather than trying to write songs to form around a preformed idea. I think they hurt themselves and made this a little stagnant by doing that, basically. Well, it never would have happened if someone did have put the idea in their head that the lineup was good enough that they should have done a sequel to Keepers. Because that's how it started with this mm-hmm. album. Hmm. 
Yeah, maybe if they waited like one more album. And Possibly. Uh, but yeah, I like the Light at the Universe song, and actually, the uh, single version has uh, a version without Candace on it. It's pretty cool just to hear Andy singing it, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't mind that song, it's decent. I saw they played that live too. Bit, uh, what the hell? Oh, do you know what you're fighting for? Decent song, good uh, groove, it's yeah, got a good groove, decent uh, chorus. I don't mind this one, I like it. Great, it's all right. Uh, it doesn't want to make you skip it, but nothing's right. But it's yeah. a it's an okay song. Right. Uh, Come alive. This was actually supposed to be the original single for the album, and why it got changed, I don't know why. Hmm. But uh, yeah, they decided to use Mrs. God instead. Uh, wow, I, think... I would have definitely gone with this one. I, I th- honestly, I think it would have been the better choice. I think so too. It's more of a song. Like Mrs. Guy was kind of like a little bit all over the place for like a two minute song, and this one is just seems like a normal regular song, and it's a good one. So I don't know why they changed it. What do you think about "Come Alive"? Um, I can't say anything bad about it. I enjoyed it. Great. The shade in the shadow. I like this one. Very speedy. Uh, cool chorus. Doesn't do much though. There's not much going on in this song. It's pretty much the same thing throughout the whole thing, but it's a pretty cool song. Luke. You know what sucks? The fact that I really can't say anything bad about this album and some of the songs. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I yeah. uh, I enjoy this I'm, song. I'm glad you do because, you know, I feel bad for not liking this because I know a lot of people do yeah, like but it. But again, it's like, you know, people are just like, you know, oh my God, this guy's boring. I know they're going to say that. No, they're not. I Well, I don't want to tell you. Uh, Greg? Might be you. <laughs> Conformists. Song's <laughs> fucking terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, Greg um, is going to join the goth kids from South Park who call everyone good for us. <laughs> Damn, we just got goth served. <laughs> we'll just have coffee. Coffee and cigarettes. That's right. Greg, Shade in the Shadow? It, um, I, I think it would have worked great as a single, honestly. Um, even though it doesn't uh, really stand out in any special way for me, I do think it's a good song, and it's a it's a, it's a ripper, man. You mm. know, it's um, and I think it would have been successful. I'm really surprised they switched. Well, was, no, it's come alive. They oh, come alive. Yeah. I knew you. Oh man, I I'm tired. You don't remember? <laughs> Get it I, up. I don't I, like that song. <laughs> it's not one of my favorites. Lou. Can you Sorry, Wayne. I enjoyed it. It's my third favorite song on the album. Third favorite? Oh my god. Hmm. Well, at least one of us here likes this album a lot. Do you like to get it up, Greg? Not it's it's only on Tuesdays, but uh, not this particular song. <laughs> uh, my favorite track on this whole thing, even though I do like Occasion Avenue and King for a Thousand Years, is My Life for One More Day. Awesome, awesome song. Awesome ending to this album. And one of my top... What are you making that face for? You don't like this song. I thought it was a good song, but I don't know if I would have closed the album with it. That's oh it. my god. I couldn't think of I, any other songs. I, I agree with Lou. I actually thought... Because they've had pretty much some of the strongest tracks on the past like four or five albums have been the closing tracks. And 
I think they screwed the pooch here. I mean, it's not a horrible song, but it shouldn't have closed the record. It's better Kinda than leaves it on the last a flat one. note. Nothing oh, to yeah, say was on the last right. one, so they, it beats that one. I, I I hate that song, so I forget it. <laughs> 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 Never mind. But, I retract my statement. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love the chorus in that song, My Like One More Day. And uh, yeah, I just love how that chorus goes on and on with the. Uh, my life for one more day. What is the line that I really like in that? Um, it's not bad. I just feel like it should have ended with a little bit more of a punch. I agree. No, I think it has plenty of punch. But uh, yeah, the Keeper's Legacy does does not hold up to the first two albums. And like Greg said a few times, and I said they, they just tried too much to make this into a concept album. And I think they would should have just focused less on that and just made an album. And just slap the keeper's name on it, you know. I would have been happier with that, you know. And maybe we wouldn't have such uh, so many filler songs. I think there's a lot of filler on this album. You know, it would have been pretty cool if mm-hmm. they like called it Keeper's Legacy, but went back and kind of did, you know, like one batch of songs that kind of represented this era and just took influences from it, but did it yeah. in the style they were playing at the time. That, that would have been cool, and that would have fit the progressive bank. Right. But nah, they took it too far. That was the other they thing wanted too. to be Pink Floyd. Yeah. That's the other thing too. I was hoping maybe to hear some sounds or maybe some parts from other songs from the first two keepers, but they're not there. You know? No, it's 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 really strange how they like tie it in, but don't really tie it in musically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's 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 a weird one. But uh Lou as a whole. Uh whole, I would say um A for effort. C plus for execution. All right, I agree with you on that. That's about it, Lou. Yes. Where can we find your podcast? On the right I rate it M for mediocre. Do <laughs> <laughs> you find I it on? Right you so- felt about it. You can find it on Routside Review and at my home base, musicislifepodcast.com. That's right. And you can find us at ratsalreview.com, our home base. And you can also find my band, projectresurrect.bandcamp.com. That's really not their home, but our home base, but uh, might as well just go there because you can just buy the album there. All right? Yes, buy it. I buy enjoyed it. it. And I usually don't like music like that, so that should tell right. you something. You really enjoy it? Don't bullshit me. Tell me no, the honest I truth. did like it. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to it enough to do a full review of it yet, but I honestly did enjoy it. All right, cool. Don't bullshit me. I'm not. Because right. I like to be honest. Yes, I do. I, <laughs> I, I, out of this I one. I've only ever kept my mouth shut once on here, and that was just because the guy was a guest and we were fairly new at the time. But other than that, <laughs> I've always been pretty honest when I think about music. <laughs> and we will talk about who that was when we are gone. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow with, I don't even remember what's next. I don't even have it next to me. But you'll find out tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye. Later.
looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show Ratsaw Review with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Loquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spinoffs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, The Right Opinion with Harrison Bergeron, Beyond Bushido, a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling and MMA, with James Elquist and Eric Adams, no relation to the guy from Manowar or the mayor of New York City, The Vieira Vault with Ralph Vieira, Schmackle Agab, to you too, Ralph, The Timo Toki Podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki, The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam, The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie, and The Music is Live Podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info, and to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're, We're taking, taking over. over.